If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Blue Wire. And he's going to run it and keep it himself. Reed is all by himself. Give him six. Jordan Reed. Second and goal. Johnson. Sprinkle. Touchdown. Reed. He's going to the end zone. Has a man open. Dixon down the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Josh Johnson to the goal line and into the end zone for a Washington touchdown. And welcome to the first inaugural episode of the Josh and Jordan podcast. I am Jordan Reed alongside my co-host, the Josh Johnson, I should say. You got some significance behind your name, man. It holds much more weight than mine. People know who you are out here, man. How's everything going with you? <laughs> Everything's solid, bro. You're more famous than me. Somebody called me about you. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> definitely a lie. <laughs> that's definitely a lie, but... We, we recorded sure, last really. week. We recorded last week. We had some good stuff, but unfortunately, you know, we had some it was issues. We had some internet issues. And, you know, we don't want to put a bad product out there because, mm-hmm. you know, we got, we perfectionists. We quarterbacks. That's how it is, man. We want everything to go smooth. We know. Two-minute drill, everything ain't going to go as planned. Yeah, nah, some, some, somebody going to forget to step out of bounds or something like that, man. You know how things go within the game. But we got some good things that we want to discuss today. It's a lot of stuff going on around the NFL. Cam Newton, we know what's going on with him and his injury situation. Jalen Ramsey requesting a trade this week. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. But you know, that's the first thing I really wanted to touch on was this whole players and having more power. And it's really turning into like an NBA sort of thing. And we see how much power these NBA guys have. And, of course, they got guaranteed contracts. So it's a bit different with the NFL really not being guaranteed and you know, it's, it's a little bit of funny language in those NFL contracts, but now you're seeing guys really hold out in the NFL and getting more power. We see what happened with Antonio Brown, uh, Odell Beckham this offseason, too. And now with Jalen Ramsey, we know what happened. We don't need to go into detail with that about what happened with him and the, and the head coach on the sideline. So do you think these NFL players are starting to get more power now? Um, I would say it's just a combination of where people are at in society, you know, like society people are trying to be more in tune with you know having control over things that they're doing in life on a daily that's kind of how i see it but in regards to players um i mean players had control back in the days when i got in the league too they used to hold out and get new contracts the new cba was supposedly set up to where you know you couldn't it wouldn't make financial sense to hold out but i mean you've seen players who fought fought against that narrative and that in that process and came out victorious. You've seen guys who 
who fought against it and they haven't come out victorious. So I just think, uh, I mean, the microscope is bigger now, though, bro. The microscope on everything is a lot bigger. So everything is, you know, a lot more glorified than what it normally used to be. But in regards to players speaking out, I think that's the biggest difference. Maybe because I guess you could kind of say what's going on in the NBA. You know, they, they, they're they speaking out and, and players just feel more empowered. I mean, and it's, it's just spreading around every league. And I mean, in football, I mean, guys starting to see that career might be six, seven years. So they want to make sure that they enjoy it to the best of their ability and by the situation that they in in the organization. Because some of these teams out here, I mean, actions speak louder than words and the actions don't add up to what you may want to be doing with your career. So, I mean, God's just voicing that. I mean, you're a guy that's, you've been with a bunch of teams, so you've been in a bunch of different facilities and Fans like us, we really don't get that behind the curtain access. So, like, with I always had a question, like, with this guaranteed money, like, how exactly does it work? And I know you guys get signing bonuses and stuff like that. Do you, like, get all that up front? Or, like, do they have a funny way of, like, is that, like, coding? It's all in the language. Got you. It's all in the language, which nobody knows. What you see on TV is never the real number. Never the real number. It's just all look good for the show. That's what I would say. Um, to me, it's about basically, see, like basketball and baseball, when they sign, whatever they that number they sign for, that's what they get. Football is signing bonus, or is it guaranteed after day one of being on a roster? Is it guaranteed by this day of the season? Is it guaranteed for injury? It's so many different layers to our language that you would have to really get the real contract to see what's really guaranteed. That's why you kind of see players fighting for more uh, guarantees in their contract, even if that means them taking a shorter deal, because it's not real guaranteed contracts in the long term. But that's just kind of how our business set up. And I mean, from a business side, I mean, I've heard the other side of it. I try to be, you know, I try to be realistic about why things are the way they are. I mean, I guess probably was what made the most sense to me was the example of the car when you try to get car insurance. And if you try to get car insurance in a metropolitan area where it's a lot of cars driving on potential traffic hazardous, you know, you're going to pretty much guarantee your chances of getting into an accident. You know, your, your, your premium is going to be a lot higher than if you're in a country, small city. And that's kind of how they look at us. I mean, we the nature of our sport is, is collisions. And so you, you got like a higher chance of getting injured, per se. So they don't want to invest in that for a long term because, I mean, if you're putting $20 million into a product, whether it's a person, but that's just the reality, you're still a product, yeah. they want to see, you know, a return on that $20 million. So it's kind of a messed up situation with football. Honestly, it really is. Hopefully they figure it out with this new CBA. I'm not in those talks, but this is me outside looking in and trying to understand yeah. everything that's going into what's going on. That's that's a perfect segue for the next topic that we really wanted to get to was this new CBA because everybody's saying like they're preparing, even agents are coming out and saying this, they're preparing their guys for this, this, I believe it's 2021 where it's going to, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of contract discussions. And a lot of guys really aren't signing past 2021 because there's going to be a lot of new money out there. And one thing, and there's, there's a couple of things that are probably going to, ch- well, I won't say a couple, there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to fight to change the players association, but We'll see. The owners usually always get their way. That's usually how it goes. But one thing I do want to see change is the franchise tag. I think that it's just it's crazy how like owners are able to I don't want to say abuse their power, but 
they like don't even enter negotiations a lot with these guys just because they have the franchise tag in their back pockets for not one year but two years. And you see, I got you for seven years. Yeah, a guy like Kirk Cousins, he he ended up getting his money, but let's just say he did get hurt while he was on the franchise tag. He probably would never see that type of money, and he basically was playing on one-year deals, taking a risk on himself, and it doesn't work out like that for every guy. So just, like, how do you feel about, or let me get your thoughts on this first. What do you want to see change the most in the next CBA? <laughs> Try to keep it clean. Well, I went through the first one. <laughs> I, I went through the first one, so within, I went, not the first one. I went through the last one, and then uh, it was, I know it was two sides to what I experienced. It was the side of the convincing of the players why this made sense. And then it was the actual process of what really happened. And uh, I just think from a player standpoint, the biggest thing that where I don't really feel that confident about this situation, but again, I'm not in that room, is in order for this to really work for the players, they got to get all the players on the same page and uh, got to do a great job. That If they got a plan for that, hopefully they do. Um, I think that would be the, the main important thing because when it gets, when it gets serious and it get time to, you know, checks normally start rolling in and people got to provide for their family. I think that's the biggest thing that gets lost in this. We they, we only hear about the big numbers in the NFL, but that's like 1% of the locker room, 2%. The other 98% is, you know, first, they new money. You know, been making money for one or two years. And however that situation may be, they got to still, you know, put themselves in position to feed their family. And, and if you and potentially waiting on a job or don't know what's going on with your job, that's a very stressful situation. And so that's when things don't, that's when things tend to break down. Um, in regards to the new CBA, I mean, um, I would just hope that, that they take in perspective everything about the league. I know guaranteed contracts is a big deal. And if you're in that position to get that money and you've worked that hard and done what you've done and produced on the field, I mean, you deserve to be compensated for that, especially if the business is being lucrative. You feel me? But at the end of the day, the rate of cycle of the, the business cycle of the NFL has to change because the bottom of the roster player is really in a, got, got, got really put in a bad position. And you won't look at them because of where they, you, the common person going to say, oh, they're in the NFL, you're making six figures. But I mean, if you're constantly changing teams, you're in and out getting cut, um, you're moving here and there, you feel me? Your family is unstable. Everything is always unstable because you have no stability within this organization. Um, I think that, that that lifestyle is one I've lived. And to me, it's really hard on a player because you want to stay active, you want to stay in shape, but it's nothing guaranteed. Uh, you know, you get into a spot where it's draft picks, so you're not really a guy that they really need. You're more of an insurance policy. Um, it's just numerous of things that go into it. And to me, when you're in the room with players who got money, arguing with owners who got money. And I ain't talking about, like, I'm not saying got money. I'm talking about real long-term wealth, like players with who didn't sign three or four multiple deals. That's a different argument with them than than with an owner than a player who was on his first deal or been bounced around from team to team. Like, So they need to take in all perspectives, man. Like practice squad dudes in California for sure need to get a situation changed. Players in California should get a situation changed. Because you, you pay half your money to Texas, then the cost of living is crazy. And But you still getting paid like a guy in Texas or in Florida, you know, who who don't pay taxes. Cost of living is cheap as hell, you feel me? So you, you they naturally saving and bringing in more money than the person in California. So it's just like, I think I think 
in the summarizing in the nutshell, I think the, the, the life of your player matters because the situation that they're put in from how they living, what's going on with their family, all that plays a role in who they're going to be on that field. And the less distractions because of real situations, then the better, the more efficient that player will be. So hopefully they take in consideration all that. Um, another thing for me would be I get the guaranteed contracts, but I would like to see just just more compensation for players on every other thing as well outside of just playing football. Because interviews, um, events that you go to, all these different little side things, there is dollars being moved around those things. And I feel like the player should be able to benefit off of that. Like you could see a player who's, you know, in their first, second year, career's taken off, but they're on their first deal and they're doing all these other different things because they have this celebrity, but they don't, I mean, they benefiting from it, but they, to me, that should be more of a revenue share or this, that, and third, because you might only be the man for one or two years. And then you might be around the league for six or seven, eight years. But when you were at that height of your, you know, I guess you want to say celebrity stardom or whatever, that was a different, that was a different time for you. And I think you should be able to benefit that all the way that, you know, but there's sort of stuff like that. Man, you said Knocking a mouthful. On and on and on yeah, and you said a mouthful it. right there. But, I mean, you spot on about a bunch of that stuff. And, like, the guy that, like, just came to mind when you were saying all that was, like, RG3. And you talk about his situation where he was, like, the king of the world. He was the number two overall pick right behind Andrew Luck. I mean, boom, he tears his ACL. Everyone knows about the situation that he was in. They basically ran the dude into the ground on that FedEx field turf. I mean, you played on it last year. Everyone knows it's not the best field in the world and it's not the best service to play on, but he was the king of the world. I mean, endorsement deals everywhere you talk about, and then, boom, with the blink of an eye, everything's gone. They released the dude, and now he's been a backup everywhere he's been. And, I mean, he found a nice home with the Ravens, but let's say dude never gets hurt. I mean, there's no telling. He'd be on his second deal right now, probably making. He'd probably be a $100 million dude right now. So, I mean, they well, a lot of people benefited off his success more than him. No doubt. Like, he benefited from his success, but I would love to see what, like, what it, everything that he touched in that moment. Because his partnerships, his presence, and who he was at that time, it was, you know, it was iconic. And so he probably wasn't mentally positioned to have everything else around him, maybe in the best shape or form, ready to benefit. But his partners was, or the people that came to him, and they probably still benefiting more than he is now because they, you know, and who knows what he got going on. I'm not really, I don't really know. I just know the impact he had when he was just hit the scenes was was real. It was huge. Yeah. And then it's that, that's, that's that here today going tomorrow type stuff. And so you can have more ability to make, when you here, to make that sustainable for tomorrow, whether that be by what you do or whether that, that be by them, by the situations that they create for you, I think that can probably help with the CBA. But again, I'm not in that room. So. Right. Well, I mean, I can relate. I can relate to what you're saying, though, because I had an older brother that was on. He bounced around practice squads for seven years. He was in Jacksonville for three years. Of course, a state with no state taxes. And then he goes to New England for a couple of years. And he said, man, it was a culture shock. And I mean, I know it was like a totally different situation. But I mean, you living in Florida, great weather, not a whole bunch of structure. But when you go to New England, I mean, he said it's like, I don't want to say the Army, but everything is like you got to be this, 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 and this, and this, even when you're on the practice squad. 
And I've heard like some crazy tales about the practice squad and how much them dudes go through. And I mean, they make six figures, but they really earn them six figures. And he's told me some crazy stories about it. So even though I've never been on the NFL level before, I can really relate to it just based off. I don't have, of course, the intel that you do and what you've been through, but based on the stories that he's told one me. One thing I will say now, my bad, bro. Are you good? Go my ahead. No, one thing I will say now, just my experience, like when you in the building, bro, you working for the most part. Like people just think we just playing a sport. You might as well kill that like now. Like this ain't playing in the league, playing in – when you plan for like real coaches, real is work being put in, bro. Like on some solid shit. Like it was my language, <laughs> but this is this is really like I I I played pop Warner in the hood. I played high school ball in the hood. You feel me? Lack of resources when we was getting out the mud. I played college level. Feel me? Lack of resources. I played the NFL. So I've kind of seen football on all different levels. You working in this league, bro? And if you're not working. You gonna lose what you little opportunity that you did get, cause the amount of people that want this opportunity is is huge. But then the, the amount of details and the intensity because of the competitiveness is so high, high. In order you for, to me, for, in order for you to be able to to be able to get yourself a chance to play at a high level, you gotta go into this with a lot of hard work. Like you gotta you gotta work your ass off. You really do. And like whether that be so- take care of your body. My bad. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, whether that be take care of your body, yep. knowing, being your mental, knowing your opponent, learning your coach's system, just everything. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand. Like, even in college, I mean, you can relate to this. Like, every year, these coaches are trying to replace you. That's their job. Like, you're basically their check coming in every week. <laughs> and we know with NFL coaches, like, mm-hmm. there is no tomorrow. Like, we saw it with Steve Wilkes last year, Arizona. Dude got one year to get it right. And for whatever reason, I mean, they bought another guy in. I mean, we don't want to get too deep into that, but, I mean, it is what it is at this point. There is no job security with these NFL coaches, and you are their livelihood. So if you're not doing something, they're going to try to replace you, not unless you like a legend out here. But we just saw it with Eli Manning. Like, they drafted his replacement, and Eli hasn't been great the past few years, but everybody's playing career and their prime is going to come to an end one day, no matter how good they are. These teams are trying to replace you. And, we and see the old heads Jones. I play with, that's the first thing they taught me. Yeah. Old heads I play with, that's the first thing. Game I soaked up from them. Rondé Barber's there, Brooks of the World. I kill you. You know, all them. Joy Galloway, Jeff Garcia, Gracie, all them. They were just kicking real game. Like, I mean, they try to replace you every year. And that's just, like, for me, what made me understand the NFL business and a comforting level to where I won't get stressed out like I feel like a lot of players do based on their situations and the things that they're going through is I learned the business. I learned what was really going on and like not saying that I know every move and why they're making it, but I just started paying attention to things that, that's going to happen, continue to happen, get an understanding of why they happen and how this can happen to you based on situation, based on your numbers. This is a big numbers game, even though like situation to me, creates numbers, but this is still a numbers game where they try to find you on like they have a draft every year, bro. Three hundred people gonna get drafted every year. Whether you like it or not. And the amount of money that they gonna invest in some of these young players before they ever play it down warrants guarantees them that they gonna be in some shape or form a major role on this team. Like they like the team is paying like a player to come in and take over in the simplest form. He might not be taking over completely, but he's taking over somebody else's job. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and it's guaranteed to happen. So all you can do is position yourself to either be that player that's getting guaranteed to come take somebody's job, or you can be that player to be guaranteed to, you know, to where you be wanted as an asset. That's kind of how it's structured right now. And, like, it could frustrate you. It could piss you off. It could do whatever. But this is what's really going on as of right now. Does it does it result in wins? No. And all that. But let's keep it 100. So always going to be a winner and a loser. And then we don't know the real pocketbooks of, of these people. You feel me? That's making these decisions. But if they know they're not, they ain't spending no, they ain't in a position to really win, they're going to do what any good business person would have did. Keep my books low. <laughs> yep. <laughs> until and I, I get them up high game. and I'm spending because we're, right because we're gonna it's spend that money up high because yep. us winning that's when our seats gonna be sold out our concession our product gonna be moving it's like the same as any other business yeah we can we can have a high you know a higher once we got a higher demand we can we can up our up our supply we got a low demand we're gonna have a low supply keep business going it's unfortunate that players lives and stuff fall up into this cycle but I mean, for, in order for me not to get frustrated, I had to break it down to myself like that. Because you go through enough frustrating stuff because you, you know, you work hard. You've been doing this your whole life. Your whole life. You want to be a part of, you want to be out on the field making a difference. Like, you don't want to be, like, you're a competitor. Like, it, it's a, it's kind of a contradiction of what you've been raised to do. But this is the reality of what you got to do to try to make it. Man, we can go on and on about that stuff, and I don't want to get too long with it here. This this is the first episode, but that's just giving you guys a little bit of taste of some of the topics that we're going to discuss. This, of course, is going to be a weekly podcast, and of course, it's barbershop talk with us. When you sit in the chair, get in the cut, you want to talk about just life and sports things in general, and that's basically what this podcast is going to be. So you guys got a little bit of taste of just some topics that we're going to discuss, and we're not going to hold anything back. Uh, when we get fired up, you'll be sure to hear it in our voices, and we're very passionate about all of this stuff. So, once again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the very first episode of the Josh and Jordan podcast. We will be back next week, and I really hope, or we, I should say, really hope you enjoyed the first episode. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.